Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome. I'm Lee Cowan, and this is Here Comes the Sun, a closer look at some of the people, places, and things we bring you every weekend on Sunday morning. Apple CEO Tim Cook had pretty big shoes to fill when legendary founder Steve Jobs passed him the baton back in 2011. Under Cook's leadership, Apple has become the most valuable company on the planet and made him something of a rock star with fans of the company's products. John Dickerson caught up with him. You said, I don't, I don't think of myself as a celebrity. No, I don't. But you are. I'm, I'm just a fairly ordinary person, and people love the company. And, and so they express that love with me a lot. Later in the show, Tim Cook on his ambitious carbon-neutral plans for Apple. Is a carbon-neutral iPhone the, the holy grail? It's, it's a stretch, but by 2030, we'll have a carbon-neutral iPhone. And the toughest part of getting that is what, your suppliers? Getting them to be carbon-neutral? It's, it's a combination of the suppliers and things like in the transportation world, we've taken our transportation carbon emissions down significantly by converting from air to sea while at the same time we're shrinking our packaging, doing away with plastics. Then we say hi to an unlikely ingredient increasingly found in kitchens all across America. Luke Burbank explores how chefs are now incorporating cannabis into their recipes. Chef Miguel Trinidad is known for his time on the Vice show Bong Appetit. These days he hosts semi-clandestine, semi-legal pop-up dinners through his company, 99th floor. Dinners in which everything is infused. That's all coming up right here on Here Comes the Sun. Tim Cook has been at the helm of Apple now for more than a decade. He accepted the CEO role as Steve Jobs' health was failing. Since then, he has certainly made the company his own. He's outspoken on social issues, confident about the company's foray into virtual reality, and now determined to make the iPhone carbon neutral. Our John Dickerson had a rare, wide-ranging conversation with the intensely private man who considers himself to be just an ordinary person. This four-mile-long stretch of solar panels, nearly a million of them, will look to some like a bold step towards a clean energy future. And to others, it will look like marketing disguised as social conscience, what cynics would call virtue signaling. I don't do virtue signaling at all. I don't believe in it. We want to do hard work. What Apple CEO Tim Cook means by hard work is making sure environmental choices make business sense. 
I want to see that it pencils out because I want other people to copy it. And I know they're not going to copy a decision that's not a good economic decision. In Brown County, Texas, flat, dry, near the geographical center of the state, Apple has invested in a joint venture to power 100,000 homes with clean energy. Where do you have these different investments towards your clean energy goals? We have them from Oregon to California. We have them in China. We have solar on rooftops in Singapore. Cook wants to match every bit of carbon released by Apple products with clean energy and carbon capture, what's called carbon neutral, from mining to manufacturing, shipping, even recycling. He has pledged to get there in just seven years and hopes Apple's lead will inspire others to follow. It can be done, and it can be done in a way that others can replicate, which is very important for us. We want to be the ripple in the pond. We want people to look at this and say, I can do that too, or I can do half of that. We want people to look at this and rip it off. Apple announced its first totally carbon neutral product, its new Apple Watch. Apple sold about 50 million watches last year, compared to more than 200 million iPhones. A carbon-neutral iPhone is the company's holy grail. And according to Christina Raspi, who manages Apple projects like this one, getting to carbon-neutral includes Apple's customers as well. Right now, we're focused across the company, and my department in particular, on ensuring every device that our customers own and operate, the electricity they use to charge it, is offset by renewable energy. This is all about putting one watt in the system for every watt that our customers use to power our devices. Have you had to become an energy engineer in this process? <laughs> I don't know that I would uh, give myself that kind of certification, <laughs> but I certainly understand a lot more than I used to. You like everything so far? Cook was appointed Apple CEO by founder Steve Jobs in 2011, just months before Jobs lost his battle with cancer. Since then, Apple has become the most valuable company on the planet, worth nearly $3 trillion, nine times its value back when Cook became the boss. When you look at the time you've been CEO, are you more bold or more cautious? I came into the CEO role at a time that I was, along with the company, was in deep despair over Steve's health. And so that was a very difficult time to get over personally. And over time, you gain more confidence. And you have a feel for things. You know it when you see it, and you take more risk. We do have one more thing. One big risk Cook has taken is entering the virtual reality competition, where other companies have faltered. The Apple Vision Pro, there have been some reports that the suppliers are having trouble keeping up with the ambition of the project. Is it still on track for its release early 2024? It is on track. I'm using it on a regular basis. How do you use it? I watched the entire third season of, of Ted Lasso on the Vision Pro. And of course, there's some things that I have access to that other people don't have access to. And like so I'm doing that. What would those things be, that Tim? I can't talk to you yeah. about. They come and act it out in front of you, right? Ted Lasso yeah. and his crew. <laughs> Has it been more complicated? Have they, are the puzzles that, that you've faced with creating it the same kinds you would face with an iPhone? No, it's, it's uh, more complex. And so it requires innovation in not only the development, 
but also in the manufacturing. But is it on track? It's on track. It is. It is on track. Success has also emboldened Cook to speak out on civil and voting rights issues, especially LGBTQ equality. Look this way, Tim. In Apple's Austin, Texas campus, the staff's diversity was clear to see. I was hoping you had a moment to chat with a very special guest. Hi. He even took a sales call. You want a larger display. I'll leave you with a professional now. <laughs> but it's been wonderful talking with you. Good, how are you? <laughs> you guys thought I'd screw it up. <laughs> the caller wanted to upgrade their iPhone. Did you tell her to hold out for the 15? <laughs> I didn't exactly say that. You said, I don't, I don't think of myself as a celebrity. No, I don't. But you are. I'm, I'm just a fairly ordinary person, and people love the company. And, and so they express that love with me a lot. This may be a welcoming place for Apple's 10,000 Austin employees, but while Texas promotes its business-friendly climate, the state has pursued strong anti-abortion and anti-trans and gay legislation. When we last talked, you said, I believe that everyone should be treated with dignity and respect and that all roads lead to equality. How should people think about your commitment to equality and the politics of Texas, which would seem to be clashing with that? There will always be cases, John, where we're either selling or operating in a place where we have a difference of opinion on something. But I'm telling you from, from our heart, we believe in treating everyone with dignity and respect. And that's how we show up as a company. We believe in being a part of the community and trying to advocate for change rather than pulling the mode up and going away. We at the ADL are all grateful for your leadership. That worldview won Cook the Anti-Defamation League's Courage Against Hate Award in 2018. Today, the ADL has accused tech mogul Elon Musk of promoting anti-Semitism on his platform X, formerly known as Twitter, a charge Musk denies. Should Apple continue to advertise on Twitter? It's something that we ask ourselves. Generally, my view is Twitter's an important property. I like the concept that it's there for discourse and there is a town square. There's also some things about it I don't like. There's discourse, and then there's anti-Semitism. And yeah, that bright line is... It's abhorrent, just point blank. The, there is no place for it. So is this something you're constantly evaluating, or...? It's something we constantly ask ourselves. When we last talked to Cook, it was by remote, in the thick of the pandemic. Like every big company in America, Apple is at a crossroads with how to return to the office. How have you approached the coming back to work part of the post-pandemic age? Yeah, what we did was we, we admitted we don't know what the best approach is. And so what we decided to do was run a pilot where people would come into the office three days a week. We deal with user experience and this requires collaboration and so we knew it had to have a fair amount of in-person work. And we're still in a pilot today. During the pandemic, a lot of people had um, uncertainty about what gives them meaning in life. 
Mm -hmm. And they reevaluated their work choices. And that's part of what this come back to work is about. It's balancing what gives you meaning and, and work may not do that. What gives you meaning in the work you do? Our work is meant to improve other people's lives. What really turns us on and gets us excited is seeing what people do with our products where people are doing things and we're empowering them to do it through our products. And as long as, you know, we get that energy, it's a virtuous cycle. We want to do more. We want to release the next product and the next product. It's a renewable energy resource. Yeah, there you go. Up next, an exclusive excerpt from our chat with Tim Cook, something you can only see right here on CBS News Streaming. Stay with us. The scale of what we do is very large. And, and so it's the totality of it and working through all of the countries around the world. As promised, here's more from John Dickerson and Tim Cook. What more does Apple have to do to reach the goals you want for it to be in terms of being carbon neutral? Well, this is our first product that's carbon neutral. I'm, I'm wearing it right now. I'm so excited about it. We've got more products to go. And so by 2030, what our objective is, is to have everything that Apple ships to be carbon neutral. Let me define what that means for a minute. That means not only our offices are carbon neutral, which are, are today, but it also means the supply chain is in total. And importantly, the energy required to recharge your devices uh, in your homes and on people's offices, that is also uh, offset by the renewable energy that you saw today with the solar farm. What's the hardest nut to crack in that ambitious goal? The scale of what we do is very large. And, and so it's the totality of it and working through all of the countries around the world uh, because we want this not only for our home country, but we want to do it globally. And so just the sheer scale is significant. Also, we're trying to do it in a way that is economically good. And the reason for that is, other than we're a business, is because we want people to copy us. Right. We want people to look at it and say, I see myself in that. I, we want to be the ripple in the pond. And so we, take, we may take a little longer to get to a solution that someone else can copy. And of course, we're working with many suppliers around the world uh, that we need to convert their operations to renewable energy. Is a carbon neutral iPhone the, the holy grail? It's, it's a stretch, but by 2030, we'll have a carbon neutral iPhone. And the toughest part of getting that is what, your suppliers? Getting them to be carbon neutral? It's, it's a combination of the suppliers and things like in the transportation world, we've taken our transportation carbon emissions down significantly by converting from air to sea, while at the same time we're shrinking our packaging, doing away with plastics, and being able to put more products on a, on a pallet, so you're able to ship a lot more in the same kind of space as before. But the airline piece of that is difficult. Sustainable air aviation fuel is a, is, still needs more discovery, right. more work to make it economically viable. And there are networks that people talk about from time to time as being 
possibly purchased by companies. Is Apple in the market? Uh, no, we're not. We're not actively looking at someone right now. Are um, they knocking on your door? Nobody's knocked in the in the recent in the in the recent period. But you know, we're always scanning the market mm -hmm. and thinking. But we like to do things organically for the most part. That doesn't mean that we rule out acquisition. And so it's a little different yeah. way of looking at it. We try to do something that helps us accelerate uh, a feature or accelerate us into a, to a certain uh, business or area. And again, that doesn't mean that we would never do it, but, but it, would, it would be a high bar. Given the amount of cash that Apple has and mm -hmm. the skill and proven success over time, how much is restraint a part of what you and your team does? In other words, staying in your lane. Mm -hmm. How much of a challenge is that? Or is it not a challenge at all because you know, you know what your lane is and you just stay in it? Well, we believe in focus. And so we, we think that we can only do a few things well. And we really believe this. And so we will debate and argue and, and discuss and go back and forth on entering a new area to make sure that it's something that we can do at a quality level, at a deep level, uh, and really contribute. How soon do you think we'll be doing this interview with those headsets on? Maybe early next year. <laughs> Up next, now we're cooking with grass. Welcome back. Cooking with cannabis was once relegated to the clandestine pot brownie, but today's chefs are featuring marijuana in the main course, tasting menus, and even desserts. Luke Burbank has more. Welcome to High Cuisine, the world's largest cooking competition show. If you've turned on the TV lately, or maybe found yourself in a certain high-end kitchen somewhere in America, you might have noticed a new green on the menu, one you might even be able to smell before you taste it. There is a revolution taking the cooking world by storm because of this star ingredient. Pot, weed, chronic. Now that cannabis is legal in some form or another in more than half of the states, some of its top chefs are finding ways to integrate it into their recipes. Suffice it to say, the pot brownie has come a long way. There is such a huge bridge from the brownie to where we are today. We're cooking racks of lamb. We're making intricate desserts. We're doing 10-course tasting menus that are strain-specific. Now there's different levels of extractions and distillates that you can use in order to achieve the effect without the flavor or with the flavor. Chef Miguel Trinidad is known for his time on the Vice show Bong Appetit. These days he hosts semi-clandestine, semi-legal pop-up dinners through his company 99th Floor. Dinners in which everything is infused. Where actually is the cannabis? <laughs> it's in many different stages. In the demi for the steak, we took some of the beef fat and infuse that and then put that back into the demi. Um, here is some cannabis butter. This has been cooked extremely low temperature for a long time because I wanted to draw out a lot of the terpenes without making it taste too weedy. 
Terpenes are the chemical compounds in cannabis that give it that characteristic funky smell and taste and can make it a challenge to cook with. Even for noted Portland cookbook author Lori Wolf. Learning how to cook with it is kind of learning how to cook with a really dreadful tasting spice. Wolf has written five cookbooks on the subject, earning her the title back in 2017 of the Martha Stewart of Edibles. When Wolf and other chefs cook with cannabis, they say the key is to be extremely precise with the dosage going into, say, a butterboard that's actually made with can of butter. Cheers. Cheers. And Wolf says the key when eating infused food is to be very patient in waiting for the effects to set in lest you go on a trip you didn't mean to buy a ticket for. Because it can take two, it can even take three hours on occasion, depending on when you've eaten, what your metabolism is like. For me, it's about the delicious meal and the cannabis is like extra. Back in Brooklyn, Tiffany Spann is attending her second 99th floor cannabis dinner in two weeks, which she'd found out about on Instagram, naturally. Can you feel the vibe shift as the night goes yeah. on and people are starting to enjoy people themselves. People talk to each other. They... Like everyone started loosening up because you could, I could see the whole table. So yeah, people do start to get louder and happier. Yeah. As the night wore on, Chef Trinidad's dinner moved into full swing. A parade of sumptuous plates were served. The music of Wu Tang Clan bumped through the speakers. It truly was a meal for both the body and the soul. I'm Lee Cowan. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you right here next time on Here Comes the Sun.